This is a Poets and Writers page one author reading. To hear more, visit us at pw.org forward slash multimedia or at soundcloud.com forward slash poets and writers. Prologue. It's full dark when we reach Nashville in December. Mom reads me the names of stores and restaurants as she drives, trying her best to feign excitement. Looks like you've got an olive garden, she says. The jewel of my new neighborhood is a mall with a J.C. Penney, a Baptist church, and a bookstore that only sells remaindered books. Even if I want to leave the apartment, the lack of sidewalks means navigating around a four-lane highway. Never leaving the apartment sounds like a better idea. I call my wife, Meredith, to say we're close. She's making mulled wine with a bottle of our wedding Cabernet. Shouldn't we save that for a special occasion, I ask? You moving here is an special occasion? Shortly after accepting my marriage proposal, Meredith took an editing job that paid twice what I earned as an adjunct instructor of composition. We married in September and lived apart while I taught one final semester in North Carolina. I don't really like mulled wine, I say. Does your mom? I don't think so, I say not bothering to ask her. My wife is all smiles when she answers the door. She hugs her mother-in-law while I carry boxes to the corner of the living room. I used to envy Meredith's outgoing personality. In light of recent events, I no longer trust her good moods. I can't believe we got married. My wife told me one night in early November, two months after we were married. What? She repeated what she had said. What are you talking about? Where is this coming from? She had trouble explaining. I hung up on her. Moments later, unsatisfied by the fecklessness of hanging up on a cordless phone, I called her back. What are you going to do when you get here? She asked. What do you mean? I had no clue where this conversation was coming from. Recently, our calls had been a little strained. We started to miss a day here and there. I blamed my frustration with how little progress I had made on the new novel. After every publisher to whom my agent sent my first novel had passed, my confidence in my writing wasn't at an all-time high. When we met in graduate school, Meredith's and my shared passion for writing had felt like a belief in the same God. Despite this compatibility, we rarely talked to each other about our work. Opening up to her about the wall I had hit seemed like a positive development. We never fixed anything, she said. On TV, Daryl Hammond was doing Bill Clinton in a Saturday Night Live rerun. I had muted it before calling, but left it on, the screen's flicker the only light inside the black tunnel in which I unexpectedly found myself. I stared in the TV's direction, but it was too far, five feet away, for my eyes to discern more than movement. In an email the next day, Meredith apologized for calling after drinking most of a bottle of wine. Her apology didn't extend the content of her words, only how bluntly she had said them. I will not, she elaborated days later, be complicit in your lie. I wasn't sure which word hurt more, lie or the B word embedded so thornily in the next line. Blindness, your blindness. I will not help you hide your blindness from the world. She had never used that word around me before. If she knew how deeply it wounded me, would she have avoided it or moved it from quiver to bow years ago? It's better and worse than you might imagine. 
This is what I'd like to tell people who ask about my eyesight. What most people want to know is what I see when I look at them, and the short answer is this. I don't see what I look directly at. If I look up or to the side, I can see something, and this usually fends off further questions. This answer allows people to imagine, however erroneously, that my blind spots are smudges on the center of a mirror from which I can escape by looking elsewhere on the mirror. Lies of omission weren't ones I hastened to correct. Instead of a smudge, picture a kaleidoscope. Borderless shapes fall against each other, microscopic organisms, a time-lapsed photograph of a distant galaxy. Dull colors flicker and swirl, mustard yellow, pale green, magenta. That would drive me crazy, a friend once said when I described my blind spots for her. The most frequent compliment heard by people with a disability is I could never do what you do, but everyone knows how to adapt. When it's cold outside, we put on a coat. When it rains, we grab an umbrella. A road ends, so we turn left, turn right, turn around. We adapt because it's all we can do when we cannot change our situation.